Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Welcome to the New York Mystery Machine. Tammany Hall. But for ghosts. Ooh, good pause. Thank you. Dramatic. I'm I trying I'm trying out different things, you know. Yeah, as as one should. You know, episode 42. 42, I think. Can't keep going. But for 42. ghosts. But for ghosts. But for ghosts. I'm going to put, I'm going to do a, um. Oh. In our final episode, for our super final, cut. Uh, yeah, super cut in, in the season one finale, just all of Christina saying, but for ghosts, but for ghosts, but for ghosts, but for ghosts, but for the ghosts, but for the ghosts. Oh, God, I'm going to okay. do it. Okay. Oh, I mean, I don't want to do it. It's something that seems like it's going to take it's... me so much time. And the minute I decide to do it, mm-hmm. I've invested. Right, I've right. I've now invested my evening right. in listening to Christina say for ghosts. <laughs> Probably 80 times because it's the, the front and the back right. end of the episode. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> Excellent point. Um, look forward to that and the super cut of you going, fucking shut up when something happens outside. Yeah. I mean, we got to quiet them people down. So many things are happening. What's happening? Um, well, I want to announce a thing. If you're in New York. Yes. Um. And you're a fan of of me in any way, shape, or form. I'm having a concert with my band, Woo! the Understudies. I say band like it's more than one per, more than two people. It's just two of us. Two people equals a band. I know it's two of us, and I'll be a drummer there too. So that's, Th- that is a band. That is the definition of band. But if you're interested, um, it is at the uh, because we're a New York podcast, an historic podcast too. It's at the legendary historic Brooklyn Brewery in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and uh, it's on June 10th. Um, admission is via donation of anything you want. All proceeds go to the Alley Forney Center, which is located in New York City. And the Alley Forney Center's purpose is to keep LGBTQ youth uh, off the street. Um, so they deal with homelessness directly. Uh, you know, for, for many people know that sometimes when you come out to your parents, they aren't as cool about it as other parents are. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they ask you to leave. And so this is a place that uh, actually helps those kids and and literally they're open 24 7 so the minute you get kicked out there's a place for you to go um so if you're hearing this podcast you never knew about the alley 40 center you know someone who needs a resource from alley 40 center please look them up Uh, an amazing organization in addition to like you know making sure that kids and 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 whatnot have a place to stay immediately they also really focus on um uh basically uh, smooth transitions back to back to you know um uh, uh, a permanent residence. Mm-hmm. I'm see my levels are looking really weird today. Hmm. Um, but maybe they're not. Who knows? We need new equipment. <laughs> That's the next PSA. <laughs> so uh, June 10th, 7 o'clock, Brooklyn Brewery, The Understudies. It's going to be great. You can find out more information about us at www.understudiesband.com. That's understudiesband.com. Um, so that's happening. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be a blasty blast. Good cause. Good music. Um, we're good very beer. We're very niche. So, you know, you'll love us or you'll, you won't. Who knows? They're going to love you. But if you're in New York, um, you know, I urge you to come on out and join us. It'll be a really fun evening. Um, and uh, Liverpool Brewery is also a place we're also considering doing some live stuff with the with the podcast. So mm-hmm. it's a mm-hmm. really good spot to check out. And the beer, if you ever had Brooklyn Brewery beer, that's where it's from, kids. <laughs> uh, anytime you've ever had in Bro- and Brooklyn Brewery is an international brand at this point. So I'm sure you've either seen it or had it in your life. And that's where it is. That's the home of it. So, uh, yeah, come on out. Um, what other small uh, uh, Patreon? Patreon. That's big. Uh, that's I'm gonna I'm gonna keep promoting that one. We have another new. Um, we had another uh, patron exclusive episode come out just yep. last week. It's yep, a nice, yep. it's a nice one. So I think there's five now up there. That sounds right. There's five, and so if you subscribe for as little as five dollars a month, you get yourself uh, uh, some free episodes. Pretty good deal. So it's a pretty good deal. A lot of people are asking me if there's a way because it, to listen to these episodes, you have to download the Patreon app, or you need to go to the Patreon website right. to listen to it. But like if you're on the go, you know, Patreon's app has it that. You can right. just listen to it on your on your phone like you would your Spotify or right. your podcast. Right. Um, unfortunately, there's no way of just like people have asked if there's a way of putting it on our stream, but like kind of finding a way to lock it. Mm. We can't. I, I search high and low finding a way of doing that. And I know nothing about technology, so, so I'm, um, I'm out here. Unfortunately, you do get those bonus episodes, but you have to listen to it on a different thing. You can't listen to it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, but you can listen to it on the Patreon app. It's free and easy, and you just sign into your account, and it loads everything up for you. So, um, yeah. 
but that's that. We have some great episodes up there. Uh, if you're interested in joining that Patreon, uh, www.patreon.com slash Machine. And um, for the last $3 a month, you can help us out. For those files a month, you get some cool stuff. We're trying to rework this little recording studio for season two. And so every dime that goes into that really, really helps. Well, that was about five minutes of commercials. Well, um, and some light screaming from yours truly. And some light screaming. Please note that I turned away from the microphone for that. You're welcome. I mean, <laughs> our, yeah, I guess we are welcome. <laughs> Um, but as promised last week, it's a double dose of Adam Mace. Double dose. Because we had double dose with Christina yep. for two weeks, and now it's double with Adam Mace. And then Christina comes back next week. It's true. Um, and it's a doozy next week. Apparently it's a doozy. I've heard I've heard tell of a doozy. My only clue is going to be wrapped in plastic, which is not how it's actually said at all in the thing that I'm referring to, but it, anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay. Great. Good to know. Well, Christina... Today we're heading back to our familiar spot. Okay. Uh, it's a spot we visited earlier this season on our show. We are heading back down Sweet Hollow Road on oh. Island. And we're heading all the way up to Mount Misery. Oh boy. Nope, 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 nope. Now when we last checked in on uh, Mount Misery way back in episode 14, and you haven't listened to episode 14, you should go on back and listen to it. It's terrifying. In episode 14 we chat all about Many experiences, including mine. I was going to say, the highlight is experiences. some real life Adam Mace experiential. Uh, we, we, we chatted about, uh, um, you know, ghostly children pushing cars under an overpass. Hated that. The dead hanging from that overpass. Yep. We talked about a, a dead cop with a piece of his head missing pulling you over. Yep, yep. A Took couple of which you experienced. You experienced small children's hands yeah yeah we we did the floating car thing yep. where our car moved when it, was, when it was not in uh when it was in park or whatever the case may be and police uh, sirens disappeared right? siren, yeah, yeah. go back to episode 14 it's a good one if you have it it's it's me like reliving like my 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 trauma of, of that <laughs> night. now mount misery has a legendary history of cattle mutilations hmm. um literally Mutilations happening all over the, the the place. So we spoke about Mount Misery and its its early days. Um, it was quote unquote sold by Native Americans, right. like most of our land was quote unquote sold to us by the Native Americans. Yeah, air, air quotes there. Um, but when we really search for the reason behind these kind of mutilations, there's no documentation, no photos, no articles, no blogs even. But mm-hmm. the mutilations themselves have been documented. So what happened? Who's to blame? What's to blame? Well, as often on this show, we tend to, to blame what we can't explain on the aliens, really. Aliens! And so today we're going to be talking a little bit about aliens. Oh, man. Okay. Um, That was a long journey to get, get to, to aliens. aliens. I'm here but for I it. But I feel it was necessity. Yes. Mutilations and aliens. Because sometimes you got to mutilate something. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> not us, but... There's been like a very a, a very normal thing that we've heard that yeah no that that's common cows and cattle have been mutilated because yeah. the aliens are like hey, what's going on over here right how you built <laughs> hey how you built <laughs> and they take them apart I'm like ooh not strong oh god strong so to get into this we need to turn to the writings of Mr John Keel okay. now John Keel was an author who began. Uh, in the 1950s, writing a book all about the mysteries of India. And upon returning to the States, he became immersed in the study of UFOs and all things paranormal. Um, but many believe that him and his writing was hack, right? It was just bullshit um, and not really real. Like most people who write about UFOs. Right. Um, his writing was out there. And many believe that Keel, in an article he wrote for Saga Magazine, Uh, would be the one person to popularize the very specific piece of UFO lore. Mm -hmm. Three words. Men in black. Oh! In his book, The Mothman Prophecies, oh gosh. Oh, wow. I said that out loud. I was like, God, this is where this episode's going. Um, Kia would talk about aliens and refer to the Mothmen. Uh, And now this book actually spends a lot of time in West Virginia. Right, that's what I thought. Yeah, most of this book takes place in West Virginia, but a good little portion of it actually travels to our favorite spot on Long Island, Mount Misery. Oh, wow. Okay. In the book, he talks about these men in black and how they would come around to quiet witnesses and basically gaslight into believing lies. But by 1967, Keel had abandoned the thought 
that UFOs were extraterrestrials and instead began forming uh, a new phrase, a new way to to understand what these beings were mm -hmm. and thinking that they were more uh, that they were indeed a form of an invisible intelligence that manifests itself in whatever manner the visity happens to believe in. Oh, this is sounding a little bit like a uh, Stryber. Yeah. It's like you're going to picture what you yeah. what you think it looks like. Right. Which is the rumor of why we think aliens all look the same. Right. Like right. why aliens are either gray or green and big eyes. Right. Because that's what we perceive them as. And now that's the normal colloquialism for it. Right. He came up with the term ultra terrestrials and pushed forth the idea that they're actually of this world, but an advanced civilization living here among us. Mm hmm. In the Mothman prophecies, Keel writes, quote, an elderly woman who lived alone in a house near the summit of Mount Misery, mm -hmm. the highest point on Long Island, had received a visit from this quartet in early April 1967, immediately after a severe rainstorm. Quote, they had high cheekbones and very red faces like a bad sunburn, she told me. They were very polite and they said my land belonged to their tribe and they were going to get it back. What frightened me, though, was their feet. They didn't have a car. They must have walked up that muddy hill, but their shoes were spotlessly clean. Mm. There was no trace of mud or water where they walked into my house. Interesting. Feet is also a big thing. Everyone who has an alien encounter starts talking about their feet. Yeah. If they're you, pointy. It, Remember that whole thing with Linda Cortilla and they're like, no, show me your feet. That's yeah. how we know you're not an alien. Yeah. I mean, uh, if I ever like wrote a book about aliens, it'd just be called Foot Fetish, an alien story. <laughs> Because literally every time we talk about aliens, it always goes to the feet. Right. Which is such a Ain't nothing wrong with foot fetish, folks. No, 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 no. It's just not what I expected when no. I started researching aliens. No, no one did, really. It's like, oh, feet. Yeah, I looked at their feet. They're they're fascinating. Every time we look at a story, you're right. Yeah. Every, always, everyone talks about feet. We talk about the feet and that they're, they're just different enough or they're pointy or something crazy like that. Well, that same week, another visitor came to Mount Misery. And this was a woman with a striking white hair who claimed to represent a local newspaper. She carried a book, quote, like a big ledger, and asked a, wit asked a witness a number of personal questions about her family and background. When I checked, this is uh, Keel, when I checked with the newspaper, I found they employ no one of that description. Mm. This would become an ongoing saga for this woman. Oh, no. And soon, more, quote, unquote, men in black would visit her, asking her questions. They wondered who she spoke to, how often she spoke to them. If they're coming back more, they had a lot of questions. More about her family. She needs to stop answering the door. Stop answering the door. This <laughs> kindly old lady is like, oh, hello. Oh, oh no, not, not here. again. Not again. <laughs> not again. <laughs> I don't want none of this. Oh, she's from Tipperary. <laughs> um, the local Mount Misery expert for Keel had been Miss J.P. Paro. Now, she was a radio personality uh, with WBAB in Babylon, New York, on Long Island. Ah. And she was very popular, and her show would often, which focus on the paranormal and, and, and the unknown, would get tips from callers. Now, through Paro, Keel met several UFO contactees and witnesses, including one woman who was named Jane, which is an alias, her sure. name's really not Jane, who lived near Mount Misery. This comes from the Mothman Prophecies, a true story by Keel. Jane spoke of a weird incident that occurred to her and her boyfriend, Richard, as they drove near Mount Misery. Richard was driving when he started to feel ill. He pulled over to the side of the road, slumped over the wheel unconscious. Jane was scared, but then overwhelmed with a brilliant beam of light that shot out of the woods like a floodlight, rendering her momentarily paralyzed. The next thing they remembered was that they were driving along Old Country Road, not too far from Sioux Hollow Road, at the base of Mount Misery. How did we get here? Richard asked. What happened? Let's go home, Jane insisted. So it's got a lot of stuff right there. Oh, you have a lot of stuff? Well, I mean, I'm just making a list now of all of our... One day, I am going to make that, that checklist of, was it an alien? Kind of like we had, is she a witch? Um, and it's going to involve feet driving or moving, moving vehicles, and uh, missing time. That's fair. You know, we can we can launch that. You know, we can, we can, Where we, can we launch it? We can launch that and release it when we release our season one finale. Yes. 
gives me time to work on this. And speaking of the season one finale, not to take a quick pause in the story, if you have any theories about this episode or any episode that we've covered in season one, please, 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 please reach out to us via social media. Reach out to us via email. Do you know what happened the other day, Christina? What happened the other day? Someone reached out to me through my personal website, adamace.com, and gave us a theory about our 9-11 piece. Oh. So people are doing it, kids. So if you have any theories about any episodes that we talked about, we're going to cover it on our season finale. We're going to talk all about these episodes, things we found out, things that you have ideas about. So if you have any ideas, I'll keep plugging it to the end of the episode. But make sure you you send them our way. Anyway, a number of days later, Jane received a phone call. A strange metallic voice told her, quote, listen carefully. I cannot hear you. Then instructed her to go to the local library and look up a certain book on Indian history. The next morning, she went to the library. There was no one there except for the librarian Mm -hmm. who was dressed, quote, in an old fashioned suit like something out of the 1940s. The long skirt, broad shoulders and flat looking shoes. Mm -hmm. As of expecting her, the librarian pulled out a book from beneath the desk. It was the same book she was instructed to read. Jane opened to page 42 as she was told to do by the mysterious caller. The answer to life, the universe and everything. Oh, is that? Yeah, that's from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Well, this, this, For, number now, 42 is the answer to life, the universe, and everything. Well, now this seems like all bullshit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and fascinating, though. I'll finish. Okay. Jane opened to page 42 as she was told to do by the mysterious caller. As she read, the print on the page began to oscillate smaller and larger. Eek. Then it changed into the following message. <laughs> Quote, Good morning, friend. You have been selected for many reasons. One is that you are advanced in autosuggestion. Through the science, we will make contact. I have messages concerning Earth and its people. The time is set. Fear not, I am a friend. For reasons best known to ourselves, you must make your contacts known to one reliable person. To break this code is to break contact. Proof shall be given. Notes must be kept of the suggestion state. Be in peace. Signed, APAL. Eek. I don't like that. I don't so, love this. Well, what confused me was that she's reading this book and all of a sudden the, the words just... Go swirly. Go swirly. <laughs> it's like, oh. I, 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 I have a lot of concerns that she got a weird call with a weird voice and then she did exactly what the call did. I feel like you, you, you don't do that. You do not do what the random creepy voice is telling you to do on the other end of the phone. Yeah, it's, it's really, my instinct. In general, like anytime someone I don't know tells me to do something, I just don't do it. Yeah. It's Let kind alone of, a metallic voice over the phone right. telling me to go to the library. Yeah. Yeah. Creepy. Okay. Also message for Earth. Um, big big thing, right? There's usually this, this you know, they're trying to play nice, they're trying to warn us about something. Um in between torturing us. So that's going on the list. Oh, yeah, yeah. Message for Earth. Well, after she read that, the message disappeared and and, and originally, and the original text returned. She left the library and all of a sudden became ill, vomiting several times for the next two days. She decided to contact Para with her story, who told her in turn to get in touch with Kiel. Now, Kiel took an immediate interest in the story. He saw similarities between that and the strange disturbances at Point Pleasant in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Kiel also noted that he was in touch with a contactee who was in communication with a being known as Apoles. Apoles? A-P-H-O-L-E-S. A name very similar to a pal oh, from Jane's experience. Yeah. So maybe it's not a pal, but like an actual name. Apoles. Apoles. Okay. Now, I found further reading about this whole Keel uh, story mm-hmm. uh, in the book Casebook on the Men in Black by Jim Keith. Mm. And um, so in this book, he he continues this the story. And he says, by early June, Jane was seeing the librarian everywhere she went. In a department store, the woman tried to speak to Jane. Something seemed to be wrong with her. Quote, it was as if she were dead. She laughed, quote, like an emotionally disturbed person. Is there any AU here? The woman asked Jane, presumably inquiring about gold or or possibly something to be weird or just trying to be weird. The following morning, Jane got up at dawn to go for a walk. And guess who she found? 
Oh no, is it the lady? The librarian steps out of an alley and approaches her. Eek! The librarian says, quote, Peter is coming. Eek. Why are you interested in our mounds? Peter is coming very soon. Now, Jane was a non-practicing Catholic, so she took the reference to Peter to be like an end of times uh, reference, uh-huh. right? Like, you know, this is it. Peter's coming. Peter was the right. first pope, and he's coming. Him and... The second coming of Peter. <laughs> yeah, there's an end of times reference saying that the final pope, according to predictions, is going to be named Peter as well. Uh. Uh, okay. Because Peter was the first pope, right? So completing the and circle. completes the circle, and there's no and no no pope in the history of the church has ever taken the name Peter. Interesting, yeah. Because out of respect for the first, and so if there's ever another one, that's because it's the symbol of endo days. Interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As they conversed, a black, shiny, and apparently brand new Cadillac mm-hmm. appeared on the scene, stopping next to the two. The driver had olive skin, wraparound sunglasses, and wore a gray suit. A grinning Hawaiian person, um, also in a gray suit, stepped away, stepped from the rear passenger section. Okay. I don't know how they thought he was Hawaiian. Sure. Like maybe just looked Pacific American. Very unclear, but. Um, and I mean, it also like made reference to a um, very out of date oh, phrase yep. that yep. of how we refer to Asian Americans and those of, the, okay. of that, the area. What year is this again? 64. Okay. Uh, so the Hawaiian man, quote unquote, says, do you know who I am? I am Apple. Oh. Apple is spelled A-P-O-L. I'm assuming that that is what A-P-O-L was. Right. Um, but pronounced Apple, spelled A-P-O-L. He shook hands with Jane. His hands, she said, were icy cold. Then the Cadillac drove off, leaving the librarian Jane and Apple. The trio walked towards the center of town. Apple handed Jane a piece of old parchment with something wrapped in it and told her, quote, wear this always so they will know who you are. Asking who they were, uh, Apple said, they are very good people. Hate that. Don't like that. No. Who are the people? Who are the people? And let me, let me guess. She puts it on. She wears it always is what I'm about to hear. Inside the parchment was a quarter-sized metal disc. Now, in Midtown, Jane told the others that she was going to mail the disc to someone. She went to the post office and addressed it and mailed the disc to Keel. Mm-hmm. Um, Keel who right. wrote the thing. Uh, after she returned, Apple told her about her childhood, including facts that she believed no one could have known, hmm. and recommended she avoid iodine in her diet. For health reasons, Jane was already avoiding iodine. Mm, interesting. So this apple thing, person, creature, human, oid, alien. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Apple, they if that are. even is your real name. I mean, literally. <laughs> uh, is saying things about Jane that Jane you know, only thinks that she knows. About. I don't love that. Don't love it at all. And the librarian's just hanging out there being like. The librarian's just being, I'm a weird librarian. I was going to say, does, does uh, Jane ever go to the library and be like, hey. You got an employee that's just like a couple of screws loose? Probably not. But she should have. <gasps> Jane, what are you doing, girl? The Cadillac returned and Apple and the librarian climbed in and drove off. Jane said it was very strange while I was talking to them. I was woozy, like in a daze or something. Mm. When Keel received the disc and the parchment, he mailed them back to Jane. Opening the return package, she was upset to find the disc had been bent and the paper had been torn in three pieces. The disc had also turned black and smelled like rotten eggs. What? According to Keel, quote, the implication was clear. Someone had the ability to intercept the U.S. mails and tamper with things in sealed envelopes. Interesting. So he received them in that condition and then sent them back? Yeah. That's what he claims. Ah. They don't say when when the tamperment happened. Right. Presumably, he received them in that condition. Or he's in the back to her. And either and way. in between that transit. Some transit happened and they were, the, the it was metaled and black and smelled like rotten eggs and the parchment was torn in three. Weird fucking sense. Musty and cheese and also musky. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that's a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm realizing if you did not listen to the Whitley Schreiber episode, me just saying a string of adjectives <laughs> like that. Musty cheese. You know. <laughs> Musty cheese. <laughs> now, later on, Keel would meet up with Jane 
And something weird happens. Okay. They don't say how or why, but Keel ends up hypnotizing Jane. Oh, okay. Like a, like a regressive hypnosis yeah, thing? Yeah, which I'm starting to believe that everyone thinks they could just fucking do this. <laughs> can I so. hypnotize someone? We can regressively hip- hypnotize me I on just, the show. How's I just, that? I don't understand how <laughs> everyone either gets hypnotized by fucking amateurs. <laughs> this guy doesn't have a degree in like hypnosis. Right. Well, it seems like a lot. Of, I I want to know a degree, how these people. Degree in hypnosis, <laughs> like that's a degree you get. I have my degree into hypnosis. <laughs> I I do want to know though how people are being trained when they think they can do this. Like, are they being trained, or are they just like, well, I saw it done once, so I too can do this. Like, there's a lot of ethical questions I have around this. Yeah, like also <laughs> like. Never ever has someone ever like in any of our episodes been like, oh, they were trained as a as a psychotherapist or mm-hmm. the, the. no, they're just people who are like, I can do this. <laughs> I can fucking do this. Here I go. Yeah. Here I go. And and everyone lets them, which is also interesting. Yeah, don't let someone hypnotize you. First and foremost. Yeah. Don't let someone hypnotize you. Yeah. In any case, he hypnotizes her. Okay. And then she starts speaking, and it's not her who he's speaking to anymore. It's Apple. Apple introduces himself and they start having a one-on-one conversation. After the hypnosis wears off, Jane has no recollection of, of even going under hypnosis. Right. Yep, that's uh that's also a trope. Seen that come up before. Sorry, <clears throat> I will speak into the so mic. Uh sorry, my notes are on the other side of um yeah, no, that's also definitely a trope because Linda Cortile, remember she was the lady of the sands or whatever, and she spoke Oh, the Lady of the Sands. Right, and she spoke in a voice not her own and had no recollection of it. So Apple speaks through Jane, and what does he tell? Do we know? It was nothing of that much importance. So be- Okay, so it was more like maybe in- acknowledging that, yeah, I'm, I'm Apple. Is that what they meant by auto-suggestion? When they said, like, you're a prime candidate for auto-suggestion when the swirly words came. Yeah, so here's here's the quote that that um, Keel writes in Mothman Prophecies. Mm-hmm. Quote, I went out to Mount Misery and hypnotized Jane. <laughs> very direct. Okay. She was a good subject after performing various tests to assure myself that she was really in a deep trance. I began to um, ask her subtle questions about Apple and his friends. To my utter amazement, the impossible happened. The control was taken away from me. I couldn't direct the session. Instead, I found myself talking directly to Ab- Apple through Jane. Hate that. And that was kind of end. There was really no other. I mean, I'd have to like. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Deep, no, but dig deeper to find like what the conversation really was about. But I mean, that was the. It sounds like it may have just been. Hi, I'm Apple. <laughs> Hi. But I guess I mean obviously there's this this thing that's going on where like. The claim is that that metal thing and these messages are for her eyes only. Yeah, and because so, she is because they believe that she's a being of superior something. Something. And so, the fact that Apple speaks through her, but maybe doesn't say much of anything, isn't that surprising? If we're to believe yeah. that he doesn't want, I get you know, I have a, I don't I mean, theories are a weird thing to say because I don't really have theories about it, but like I, part of me thinks like, is this. And we'll get to it more in a little bit. But I feel like, is this almost like, if this is all true, right? And sometimes to make a bold statement, you have to assume it's all true for right, a second, right. right? We debunk a lot of stuff on the show. But, but like, right now, we are fully Mulders. Just, yeah, we're, we're Muldering, um, Mulder Sully Scale, copyright, trademark, Christina Marinelli. <laughs> Wait for the t-shirt. Um, and if we're Muldering fully on this one, yeah. is there like some sort of intergalactic race of being mm-hmm. that are both human and they're alien they're all these things but we're they're all of the same like superior mm-hmm. intellect or superior sense or whatever they're calling it mm-hmm. maybe that's part of it right like she's a human like we know she's a human she's not an alien right so but she's clearly being talked to by some sort of otherworldly being right right so are you suggesting that she is herself in some way on the road to this to this yeah, human alien hybrid situation being, that we're to, sort of talking about. Like whatever this, this community commune. is. Yeah, there. to be part of this commune, whether hmm. it's hmm. pulling people together. That's interesting. Yeah. And I think because we spoke about men in black, and we're still talking a little bit about the men in black as as you know, a part of this. You know, I think I just literally before I even watched I started researching this, 
I was like up at like one o'clock in the morning and Men in Black 3 was on. <laughs> I was just watching it. And I was like, it's fascinating because Men in Black 3, like everyone is a part of that. It's not just humans. There's also like aliens a part of the Men in Black. Right. So that's also something as well. So I don't know. Interesting. We're going to talk more about this. We're going to figure out, uh, try to figure out what's going mm-hmm. on uh, to the best of our ability. Thanks for staying with me so far. I know this is, feels <laughs> weird and crazy, and it's one of those episodes where it's like, it's got to bear with us, because I'm reading it as, I, as I've as i researched it. I promise, doing my best. We'll be back after these messages. If you ever look at our logo, you may notice a cute, furry black and white creature hanging out the window that's ted when he's not hanging out inside the new york mystery machine ted is enjoying treats from BarkBox. BarkBox is the dog obsessed company that's devoted to one goal making dogs happy it's a monthly subscription totally customized box of themed toys and treats for your furry friends BarkBox provides the best products services and content for pups and their people Every box brings your dog more than $40 worth of toys and treats. Your first box ships immediately. Plus, BarkBox offers a 100% happy guarantee. If your pup isn't happy with their BarkBox, they'll work to make it right. So are you ready to spoil your pup with a BarkBox of their very own? If so, head over to www.barkbox.com slash nymysterymachine. If you use our exclusive link, you'll get a free extra month of BarkBox, valued at $35, when you sign up for multi-length plans. Oh, okay, okay, Tedward. I'll say it again for them. Head to www.barkbox.com slash nymysterymachine and get your pup some treats today. The New York Mystery Machine is brought to you in part by listeners like you. That's right. Head on over to our Patreon, and for as little as $3 a month, you can help keep the pod growing. By joining, you can access a whole bunch of cool stuff, such as mini-episodes, swag, exclusive playlists, and more. Head to www.patreon.com slash nymysterymachine to find out more and become a patron. That's www.patreon.com slash nymysterymachine and join our ever-growing community today. Okay, we are back. <laughs> this my podcast equipment is being so weird. Everything I to, I feel like this is the new narrative of every week. Adam's like <laughs> something is wrong with the podcasting equipment, and today just the the software is being great. I think what has to happen I have to update my computer. But I think when I update my computer, I'm really worried that mm. it's too old and it's going to crash. Oh. I'm also worried that the new iOS mm-hmm. system um, won't accept the program I use, which goes oh. till 2019. Mm-hmm. So I think I have to find a new, so I think it's going to unlock, unleash a whole mm-hmm. reign of terror. I have a different theory. What? I think it's Apple trying to communicate with It's not with Apple. Uh, also during the break, I turned to Christina and I was like, <laughs> this makes sense, right? And she was, yes. I mean, it's weird as fuck. It's aliens, but so, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> it, it, it's as much sense as alien stories can make, it makes. It scans, yeah. So, uh, Anywho, when we last left off, um, Apple is is talking to Jane's, talking to Keel. It's a whole to do. Keel would also record in, in his notes, quote, During the week of September 3rd, Jane Paro encountered an old man wandering around Mount Misery. She talked with him and found him very frightened. He knew all about the house and was terrified of the people. I have no idea what the house they're talking about. Okay. Could not find <laughs> references anywhere. He said they were going to kill him and his wife. Eek. He was a contactee, but had talked, and I was living in fear. Ooh. So meaning he was like Jane, a contactee, right. but he told people. I mean, so did Jane, right? She just told Keel. Right. That feels yeah. like, okay. Yeah. So he told more people, presumably, or different people, or something people. Yeah, and he's just afraid that, like... People in the house. Jane's got to stop talking to these random people that come wandering around up to her. It's yeah. my, my thought. Right. Quote, when Jay met him again, his face was all black and blue. He said they had beaten him up. Every night, he says, something disappears from his home. He lives on Mount Misery near the school. Tables, sewing machines, furniture, everything gone when he wakes up. Uh, 
when he wakes up, him and his wife find their things are just missing. Big things. Yikes. He believes that when everything has vanished from the house, that he and his wife will go too. Wow. Hate that. Hate. Don't tell people. Or, <laughs> or maybe or, or, do. Dude, I don't know. But like, it feels like Jane shouldn't be the one bearing this. <laughs> Jane, not to be confused with Jay. Jay's, there's Jay and Jane. Oh. Jay is talking to this old man. Jay, she's the radio host. Jane. Oh, uh, well, that is. Jane. I see. Is this the, is Paro. This is. Yes. I, okay. I probably should have said Paro. That's fine. Paro is the one who encounters an old man. Yes. Not Jane. Jane is just like living her life and like well, fo- being followed by the librarian. And the and Apple. Yeah. And okay. Apple. Also from uh, Keel's notes on September 29th, 1967, quote, Early this evening, Paro, Jay, <laughs> visited the Mount Misery base and found six terrestrials there. At one point, one of the one of the communication devices suddenly went on and a voice delivered a message to Apple and the others. The aliens became upset over this message and told Jay that it meant the Mothman was coming to Long Island soon. I have an unhappy feeling that some new trouble is brewing out there. He called them terrestrials? Terrestrials. Because they're of this world, according to his theory. Okay. Extraterrestrial means they're out of the world, but he's like, nope. No, they're of this world. They're just weird. Um, And Mothman is coming, and the aliens are upset about this. Yeah. It's interesting. So the aliens have an enemy known as Mothman. Is that what the Mothman situation is? I don't know enough about Mothman. Me neither. Okay, we're going to have to do this. It's not New York. Damn. It's West Virginia. And yet they're worried. Why? Okay, we're going to follow up on Mothman at some point. When we go on tour. When we go on tour. Um, And that's a, basically a nutshell about Keel and Jane and all this weird shit happening there. That's crazy. Um, There's more stuff in the book, but a lot of it's kind of repetitive mm-hmm. and of the same world stuff. But, you know, this isn't something that's gone away. There's still alien sightings and UFO sightings all about Long Island, especially down by Mount Misery. Um, Emily Binder... Uh, a 64-year-old woman reported that she saw a triangular UFO with a bright light on each tip moving towards Mount Misery in 2017. Oh. And right triangular with the tip. Like, that That yeah, feels that's like... That's shape. That's the shape that we know of, yep. right? We've covered that. There's boomerangs, that. there's triangles. Yeah, Miss Binder went on to say that, quote, I sat in my car at the stop sign and just watched the UFO. Binder, who is a retired insurance customer service representative, admits feeling uneasy whenever she's near Mount Misery because, like a lot of people, she believes the woods are haunted. They are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then I followed it as best I could, but it moved off Mount Misery and it was gone. Binder describes a craft she saw for at least 30 seconds as having, quote, no exhaust signature nor wings, and it was silent. Yep. Uh, it's the the silent um, bit is is very interesting and re- you know a, a recurring theme in these encounters. Um, sorry, writing that down. Um, yeah, that that's definitely one of the the recurring things that they're silent. They move in such a way as to be, you know, what we would consider unnatural or, or against the laws of physics itself. Sure. Um, According to Cheryl Costa, who co-wrote UFO Sightings Desk Reference, United States of America, 2001-2015, with her wife, Linda Miller Costa, um, Suffolk County led New York State in the number of UFO sightings during the period of 2001-2015, to hmm. with a total of 554 sightings. Wow. Nassau County ranked four in the state, with a total of 276 reported sightings. That's too close to home for me. I don't care for this. <laughs> yeah. Costa said, quote, an area with a larger population tends to have more sightings than less populated areas. Makes sense. That's usually how it works. Makes sense. You need, you need if an alien falls in the wood, no one's there to see him. Does he? Re- no, you don't get. No, I, I'm, I'm, I was waiting for you to, to finish the shtick. No, you were looking at me. and I was like, oh, no, this isn't making sense. So I oh, just it makes, trailed up. It makes oh, okay. sense. I'm just looking at you doing no, the, the sh- That was it. That was all I got for the shtick. I think people would like us live. I think they, <laughs> they can see the face I make. And they're like, yes. oh, I see it now. There's a lot of facial expression I that goes <laughs> in subtext here. <laughs> Last year's United States Department of Defense uh, released three videos of Navy FA-18 Super Hornet pursuing UFOs in 2015. Uh, which may have been the most alarming period of sightings. 
The DOD admitted that more than a dozen such UFOs chases have occurred over the East Coast in 2015, since 2015, and no one knows what the flying objects are and why. Remember that happened like a few months ago? Yeah. And everyone's like, did, <laughs> did we just... Did we just talk about UFOs? And, and I was like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, I was going to say. And all those, um, what, what was it? The CIA papers were released too or something. Yeah. And Well, they're saying they're UFOs and UFOs in the basic term of we don't know what it was. Right, exactly. We're not saying it's an alien. We just don't know what it was. Right. But still, you know, they're maybe not completely claiming it's a weather balloon. LOL. Yeah, I think that's like, I think that's, that's pro- yeah, there, there's like, you know, um, there's movement in that, right? Mm-hmm. Because like it used to always be, you know, weather balloon or test subject right. or test site or this and that. And like, you just don't know. That's okay. What I kind of think about now is also like if if they always said, if you're going with a Mulder-esque theory here, um, well, weather balloon was less frightening than it's an alien, right? So if we're going to call it a weather balloon. Uh, public won't react badly to that. Uh, and now they're like, yeah, totally don't know what the fuck that was. Yeah. Uh, kind of worrisome for what the next step <laughs> up is. What is worse than alien? And they're willing to be like, yeah, nope, got nothing. Nope, we definitely don't know what this is. Nope, nope, nope. And really it's fill in the blank. Like, what is worse than aliens come to torture us? Oh, I don't know. Right. What is worse than aliens? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You tell us, folks, what's worse than aliens come to torture us? Um, now, this whole UFO men in black thing mm-hmm. um, was uncommon uh, and actually had more relevance in pop culture than we even think. Mm-hmm. They're not talking about men in black of of the Will Smith, Timely Jones fame. Right. Um, which I think is a wonderful movie. It's a delight. MIB 1 is great. MIB 2 is a little wonk. I don't think I saw 2 or 3. 3 is interesting. 1 is the best one mm-hmm. through leaps and bounds. Anyway. Blue Oyster Cult guitarist, what? <laughs> Blue Oyster Cult guitarist Buck Dharma was living in the area and had just written Don't Fear the Reaper. Mm. He had music for another song, but did not have lyrics yet until their manager, Sandy Perlman, brought these lyrics to him. The lyrics are, quote, I hear music, daylight disc, three men in black said don't report this, ascension, and that's all they said, sickness now, the hours are dead. Dead leaves always give up motion. I no longer feel emotion. Where the prophecy fails, the falling notion. Don't report this. Agents of fortune. All praise. He's found the awful truth about the czar. He's found the saucer news. Where did the... So, uh, what's his face? Perlman just came up with those? Or was he told them by Apple? The song would become ETI mm-hmm. by Blue Oster Cult. And the lyrics were thought to describe the discovery of a UFO crash site and the government cover-up as follows. Yep. But if you listen to the lyrics and what we're talking about, everything from prophecies yep. to discs yep. to the men, I, men in Black. Yep. Um, what I gained most on this episode is the theory. Every time I listen to the Men in Black, I always think of like a government agency being the Men in Black. But maybe the Men in Black are part of this oh, that's interesting. superior thing who are telling us, Shh, don't talk about this. Right. That's interesting. I see what you're saying. So that it's not... I don't know. I have a bunch of theories. Like, after reading this, I'm like, I'm not sure if you're trying to tell me that the Men in Black are part of this. Mm-hmm. Like, are the librarian. Like, that's the Men in Black. Mm-hmm. Or there's an additional thing of the Men in Black or these people in suits. There are not a lot of, like, actual documentation of Men in Black. Right. Um, and part it's of the more thing of a is, rumor thing. Right. And part of the thing, too, is that some, aren't they all supposed to behave in really bizarre, strange ways so that people don't believe you essentially when they come around to like sort yeah. of help discredit you essentially. Yeah. There's a great X-File, one of my favorite X-Files, um, where um, Alex Trebek plays uh, a Men in Black in uh, someone's flashback and it's terrific. Yeah, I just think after researching this whole thing and reading a lot of Kiel's book, which is bonkers. <laughs> it's a bonkers book. Mothman, it's really weird. I, think, I, I, I literally was like, it's a long book and it mostly takes place in West Virginia. Right. Um, so I had to just kind of like <laughs> look for Mount Misery, <laughs> New York, New York, New York. Um, but like it's just bonker stuff. And um, but when I when I when I, watch, when I when I read it, I'm like, I just feel I think these are the men in black. And, and maybe the Mothman is the is the thing that we're trying to protect against. Interesting. I don't know. Well, it does sound like the aliens are upset about Mothman, which I never I again don't know much about Mothman. Me neither. Um, 
now I want to know about Mothman. Me too. Because what what if you know if Mothman is the thing the aliens are afraid of? Like I'm just interested in this intergalactic war that Mothman and the aliens are. Having. Yeah, and it's like almost like this this organization that kind of recruiting people mm. of mm. all worlds. Mm. Like Jane is being recruited, and that old man was recruited, and he like betrayed the system, and so now he's like in deep shit. Right. Sounds a little bit like uh, the aliens are fascists, but here we are. Uh, yeah, it's like join us <laughs> or die. <laughs> right. Um, and we'll start by taking all of the things in your house. Um, are the alien socialists? No. Are they fascists? Could be. Could be. And are they all that? Maybe they're not all aliens. Some of them are humans. Terrestrials, yes. The ultra terrestrial. I mean, Whitley Schreiber goes on and on and on and on and on and on about um, what if these aliens, these beings are, you know the old gods like the manifestation oh, the old gods. right like this manifestation of a supernatural power that you know previously we interpreted as ishtar or you know whatever deity of a local pantheon and now we are you know in a in a more um enlightenment driven society and and a more atheistic age now we're like well it's got to be aliens there's an awesome book um i actually recommend it to a lot of people it's called humankind by rutger bregman mm-hmm. i've been recommending this book left and right um i'm not sure if i talked about it on the show i yet. think you mentioned I, think I may have um but in the show i mean in the book rather he he talks about the fact that before enlightenment happened people like needed gods mm-hmm. um to kind of like sort through the world's big questions and, mm-hmm. and to give them kind of like you know some sort of understanding of everything and now that we're post enlightenment mm-hmm. um and we have communities mm-hmm. and we have resources there's really no use for god or religion mm. as what it used to be right um it serves a different purpose perhaps yeah it serves a different purpose like if it does serve a purpose it's not its original intent interesting um, and so that's an interesting thing as well i want to live in a world where it's all correct I know it's not, but I want to live in a world where like all the religions correct. Oh, I mean, well, this is a different podcast, but uh, little ecumenical over here, and uh, I, I think the answer is yes. Yeah, well, they it's are. All, you, it's everything's right. Like everything from Zeus to Vishnu to Jesus to Muhammad to Allah. It's all there. It's all correct. It's all correct. That's a really cool thing. Yeah. So terrestrials. Terrestrials, ultra terrestrials. But um, so that's 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 that. That's a little that's crazy. That's a little about the man in black, man in black, galaxy and us. I can't play it legally, but I can sing. But it. you can't sing. <laughs> but know what I found out about? Ow, I found out recently on another podcast that you can play thirty seconds of a song if, in those thirty seconds, you are examining the song. Interesting. Like you're allowed to play it, but you have to talk specifically about the song. Right. And then it's legal because it's, it's, it's education purpose. Right. Exactly. I see. I see. I see. Um, is that why we've been able to play some X-Files clips or because those were just very short? Those, I mean, those are, those so are short. extremely short. OK. And they're like literally like a, a second. But, so, like, but like an actual song, you can only play like 30 seconds of it and you have to um, talk about the song. I mean, we could absolutely make that. <laughs> <laughs> this song is about Will Smith and his journey <laughs> under the men in black. Anyway. Do you want to hear my list of things that are going on our, was it an alien? Let's hear it. Feet, weird feet, pointy feet, or overly clean feet. Something's wrong with the feet. Um, moving vehicles, such as if you are driving or if you are in a train. Uh, missing time. Uh, some sort of message being communicated to you for the earth, that, that, that you are somehow this vehicle for a larger broadcast. Um, what did I write on this? Uh, interesting oh yeah so some sort of message often through an appliance so here we had this weird voice coming through a phone who couldn't hear her but could mm-hmm. talk to her and then also Stryber reco- recalled I don't remember if I mentioned this in the episode but um, he and his wife were once sitting there and the radio began talking to them like to them oh, about yeah, yeah, yeah. like something and, could, and it could hear their conversation and kind of respond which was creepy um you mentioned at one point AU and the and iodine and the possibility of all these minerals. That's something that does come up in Linda Cortile, um, especially with all that glittery sands business. Um, scent, musky cheese. Um, the voice in the some oh uh, no one knows this. But my handwriting is the worst, and I can't even read it right now. But I think what I wrote is the voice being projected through someone else. That happened to Linda Cortile. That seems to have happened here with Apple. 
weird animals slash out of place animals slash mutilated animals. Um, and uh, UFOs in the shape of triangles or boomerangs that move in weird fucking weird ways. Well, there you have it. So here we go. We checked off a lot of those today. Yeah. How did I do? Because this is my first alien. Well done, Adam. And you are our resident <laughs> alien speaker, talker about her. Well done. And so I was very worried coming into this podcast talking about <laughs> something out of my realm. No Think pun you intended. did good. <laughs> oh, nicely done, Adam. Uh, nicely done. All right. Well, we're back next week. Um, almost getting through season one. And like I said in the middle of this episode randomly, but I'll say it again. If you have any theories about any of our episodes, send it our way. Send it our way. Send them our way. You can do it either via, um, you can either leave us a review mm-hmm. and in the review, give us your theory. Mm-hmm. And while you're reviewing us, give us five stars because that's just a nice thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you can send it to um, our email. Anyway, mysterymachine at gmail.com. Yep. If you want to send it on my website, like, like <laughs> I did send it on my website, that's fine. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, uh, you can also reach out on social media at NY Mystery Machine on Instagram and Facebook at NY Mysteries on the Twitter. And those are all the ways those to contact us. Those are all the places. Us. That's a lot of places. Like, follow, subscribe, all that jazz. Yeah. Um, but get in touch with us. We're gonna we're gonna talk all about these. And if you don't want like your name or something to be revealed on the show, we won't yeah. do that. If you like, Let's hey, know. this person, you know. Jane Doe from from <laughs> Hackensack says this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but, but reach out. We already got a few of them. Uh, from we have stuff from dating back our first episode. We have theories. I love so that. So we're gonna go through all of that on our on our season finale. We're so excited. We're getting there. Um, so I think that's all I got today. So I've been Adam Mace. I've been Christina Marinelli. And you know, guys, thanks for taking a ride on the New York Mystery Machine. Tammy Hall, but for ghosts. Making the cut.